Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Xbox Era podcast. As always, I am joined by Kyra Norton and Special Ed. Happy New Year, gentlemen. G'day. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, and obviously to our our audience out there, Happy New Year to you. What games did you uh, bring the New Year in with, guys? Anything exciting? (laughs) Oh, Rocket Rocket League. League. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Yeah, finally got my Rocket League T-shirt. This month has been nothing but like weird releases. I mean, Pathologic Two came out on Game Pass, and I'm playing that because God knows I hate myself. So why not have a game that makes me feel that even more? Uh, And the seventeenth has Tokyo Mirage Sessions on Switch, which is the only game I've been holding out for from the Wii U. The Wii U. Okay. Yeah. God. I'm pretty happy. Also, they fucking announced... So, here's a, here's some unrelated Xbox news to start us off with. Uh, Nintendo had a Pokemon Direct the other day, where they oh, yeah, announced uh, where they announced Isle of... I think it was Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra as DLC for Shield, Sword and Shield uh, with a $30 expansion pass. Or is it 40 I can't remember if it's 30 or $40. I think Whatever. it was 30 I think it was 30 and apparently, each of those different, each of those expansion packs has, uh, I think, two hundred new Pokemon Pokédex entries each. Uh, so that leads me we're, to believe we're back up that to the reason, uh, yeah, and they sold a sixty dollars fucking Pokemon game with four hundred mm. Pokemon, and then sold them back, sold the rest back to everyone as DLC. Yeah. That is like prime fucking EA shit. That's a bit from scary. Nintendo. <laughs> that is that is uh, yeah. That sounds like a lot of money. I don't really care about Pokemon, so it's funny too because like they started uh, when people called them out for such a low Pokemon number for this launch, this generation's launch. Uh, oh, I did see all that. Yeah, their excuse was that oh we can't fit we can't we can't do all the Pokemon now. Mm. There's too it's many. Too much, right? Only to realize. Through the uh, the people who data my games before lunch and after lunch to find the list of all the Pokemon pretty much done at this point, and now they announce, oh hey, we're just gonna we're gonna release the rest of them as DLC, and you're gonna have to pay thirty dollars for it. That's that's bullshit. That's absolute mm. bullshit. Thank God I like, don't care about collecting them all. Thank God I don't either. But Jesus Christ, for the people that actually give care about like extending yeah. the life of that game that far fuck you game freak like jesus yeah, christ yeah that's uh, that doesn't sound very fair but um it is what it is modern game development costs a lot uh i i saw in the new year feeling really fucking ill um which which has been a bit of a rubbish start um hence the kind of husky husky voice uh, but um i did manage to finally get around to completing shadow of the tomb raider no, I'm still playing that too. Eh. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, 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 no, I'm enjoying it. I 100%ed the first game. I 100%ed the second game. And this mm. one, you know, and I've spoken about my feelings towards, here's a thousand icons of stuff to do. And it got to the point where mm. I was just like, and I just dropped, I dropped every side quest. I was just like, main story. All the way through. Like, didn't care <laughs> about anything. Um, and yeah. And it's over now, and I, I don't know, I, I don't think it was as good as the first two. Very pretty, 
on, on the X. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, I'm I'm still at that town where you start to get side quests. I'm still there trying to do Patiti. everything in there. Patiti. I haven't yeah, even I'm started the there. game, and I'm really not feeling like I really want to. So I'm enjoying it. Good. Like I'm not going to say I'm enjoying it as much as Rise. Like Rise of the Tomb Raider was just mm. yeah unbelievable. Well, like it was such a good game. Yeah, it was for me at least. It's like all the I'm bogged down with all the Game Pass releases that they announced this month. The, Shadow what, of the they, Tomb Raider is a Game Pass release. One of them, yeah. But there's also Witcher 3, GTA 5, Pathologic 2. GTA uh, 5 is pretty big. Yeah. That was a pretty big that was a pretty big surprise for a lot of people. Mm. That I, I never like I willfully told myself I'm never buying GTA because it's a waste of yeah. my fucking money because I don't play it. I don't like it, you know. But I downloaded it because my friends have it now and I didn't have to pay for it. And yep. we can just play heists whenever they want to. So that's nice, mm-hmm. uh, but I would never have bought it if it wasn't in Game Pass, straight up. Yeah, no way. No Doesn't chance. make sense to me. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know, did you guys in- encounter any New Year's resolutions? Did you have you taken any under your wing this year in an attempt? Gaming resolutions, gaming, in personal, general? in general. I'm back on a diet. You don't need to be on a diet. Yep. I haven't. Wow. I haven't. I haven't drank any coke for like a week. Wow, a week, a, man. Hey, that's... that's a long time for me, mate. That's a long time. <laughs> that's a that's stellar progress. Yep. I've I've banned have, sugar, have... so well, it's not on yeah. a, a diet. Bro, come back so. to me, like, bro, come back to me when you've like not drinking coke for a month, and then. Then I'll say, you know what? This man actually cares about sticking to his well, diet. Hold on, I skipped. I skipped Pepsi Max for a whole month back in the day, so I can do it. I have the discipline to Doesn't do it. Doesn't Pepsi Max have no sugar or caffeine in? Yeah, but it's got that uh, aspartame crap in it, which is oh, probably okay. worse than sugar. It's like mm. poison. Basically. Yeah, because your body doesn't know how to process it, break it down. Yep. Mm. So yeah, for anyone looking for a Coca-Cola replacement. <laughs> Sponsored by Try Kombucha. <laughs> kombucha. <laughs> Honestly, kombucha just tastes like ass to me. So it's not the best tasting stuff. I, I will say I'm experimenting with many flavors to see if I can actually find one that I enjoy. But not having much luck at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you remember uh, last time we did the podcast um, with. Thomas Sala, um, who's he? He did a. I don't know if anyone saw, but he did a gif of the Falconeer, some combat. It looked cool, and it went viral, mm. and it looked badass. It looks really yeah, good. Looks good. Um, that game is is getting more and more attention, which is great to see. But if you remember, I, I got a. Me and my wife, we both ended up with a ring doorbell, um, because my wife yes, bought yes, me what she Arlo. wanted. So you know, I, I actually gave that <coughs> to my dad as a birthday present. Yeah. Mm. Rather than go through the returns process, and my wife got me this hilarious Let's Master eat. Chief mug for my coffee. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a lid, um, which which I like. It's fine. It's it's actually really quite a small mug, so it's not my favourite. And I also got mm. my uh, Master Chief controller holder down there. So Christmas came through in the end, more or less. So That's I'm quite good. happy. Um, well, what to talk about this episode? So. Reset era. Um, I believe the general manager, um, administrator, Sirium, has has stepped down. 
Um, yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and I think B Dubs has has come in, and and if you are on recent era, B Dubs is uh, the fellow that came up with the um, the the whole Thanos. You know, posting this thread, and half of you will be snapped, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and half of you <laughs> will be, um, you know, the survivors of the snap, and so on and so forth. And that was it was pretty entertaining. Yep. To that see. was a what 10, 24 hour ban, right? Uh, no, it was a month. I think something like that. I think it was a long. A yeah, it was a long time. It wasn't just twenty four hours. It was a long. So it was quite risky for those that really loved being part of the community. They were gone for a while. Mm. I think it started a month before the general release of the film. So and then, and then they were unbanned on the release day of the of the actual movie in the in Australia or whatever the case wherever it came out first, um, but it was quite huh. cool. <laughs> Australia, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty Rip sure it did come out here first or New Zealand or something like that. Um, but while we're on the subject of recent era, have you guys uh, have you guys ventured into the uh, next gen? theory and discussion thread uh, and speculation thread do we call it speculation at this point about literal impossibilities oh, that's hbm2 mate h hbm2 and the ps5 no, not just hbm2 haven't you heard it's not just hbm2 anymore it's what now it? dual gpu as well oh, are they what? fucking kidding me is this the power fucking... brick Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's now isn't dual a, GPU too. Isn't this the same shit that Mr. X Media got fucking dunked on for in Reset Era mm. 20 in NeoGAF yeah, yeah, circa yeah. 2013 for saying there was a hidden dedicated GPU on the CPU on the Secret APU source, side? Secret source, fucking yeah. bullshit. Does it, oh my fucking god. And it now it's s- happening to PlayStation. It just feels a little yeah, bit like a role GPU. reversal. Right? It feels like 2013 flipped around. Right, but the difference yeah. being... Mark that... Cerny, the god, can't betray us now. Please don't betray us, Mark Cerny. <laughs> but yeah, I think the difference awesome. being... Literally if, the reverse. If it is a 9 teraflop or, or thereabouts PS5, that's a fucking great console for 400 it bucks. It is. I keep trying to tell yeah. them. And, and, and if the situation was reversed and it was a 12 teraflop PS5 and a 9 teraflop Xbox, still a really great console. For this, is the, this is the problem with that thread, right? So... In that thread, it's all about, you know, the, the the narrative would be flipped if the power difference was different. It's like, you know, you have to understand something. If power mattered all that much to like full-on dedicated Xbox fans, I don't know if they'd be with Xbox in the first place because they've just dealt with a 1.3 teraflop box for the last six years. Yeah. They were completely yep. happy with having the weaker box all this generation. So I'm not... I don't know about completely sure happy. It's having. Not, well, it's not like. Well, it's not like Rap the gamer. One X. It's not like the One X doubled the sales of the Xbox install base, did no. it? So it's not like everyone went and upgraded because at the time the One X came out, there was probably around thirty million Xbox Ones out there. They don't have sixty right now, so clearly they don't care that much about power. Even a nine teraflop Series X is a real good box compared to a 1.3 base xbox one yeah yeah like it's it's really not that bad i yeah, mean but um it's yeah. interesting it's uh, and speaking of go on. speaking of like install numbers how, how much do you think the xbox is going to end this generation i'm thinking 50 mil but yeah i think 50. 50 I, mil I sounds like a good estimate like considering I had, I had how long it's 50 quite a while back yeah i feel like i feel like with the consistency it's been reported to be selling at at least 
the sales have been tanking in recent months, but that's that's what happens at the Tyler's last again. year of a generation. So and straight uh, after like the holiday sales. Yeah. The one thing I don't really get about the the power discussion is is obviously at this point we know that the the rumors of Lockhart are back on the table, right? So it was it was off the table, then it was on the table, it was off the table. And they're they're pretty confident in saying that Lockhart's definitely going to be a thing. We just don't know if it's going to launch. At, you know, at launch, is it going to be a year later? As a kind of like a here's a low budget version of the next gen Xbox. We just simply don't know until we know. Um, and it's tantalising, yeah. really, that within the next sort of three or four months, we will know the majority of well everything. Yeah. Um, and certainly look forward to that point sort of arriving. But if 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 it all works out as rumoured, and we end up with a four teraflop 1080p box and a 12 teraflop future proofed monster. Does this, you know, I don't see why so many Jimmies are being rustled, right? It means the PS5 is sitting comfortably in the middle. In the middle. Mm. You know, and and the other thing that we should probably touch on is this whole, um, this whole uh, bit of feedback around uh, Matt Booty's interview with, uh, I think it was M- MCV, MVC, I can't remember which, which way around the, yeah, the yeah. acronym is. MCV, yeah. Um, that that basically stated that at launch it's not going to be like a traditional launch where we'll have like four or five purely exclusive next generation Xbox games that come to Series yeah. X and they're not going to hit any other platform apart from PC um, because they don't want to throw their existing customer base under the bus um, and and this literally comes as a zero surprise we already knew that Infinite was going to be a cross gen we've seen it successfully done with uh, the Switch with Breath of the Wild. Yep. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm curious. Oh, look, I, like... I understand. I understand the angst. Don't get me wrong. I understand the angst. Um but my assumption is again, it's an assumption that Microsoft wouldn't be doing something like this if they didn't have a plan for like I guess softening the blow for want of a better phrase. Mm. Um you know, PC development is a thing. There are all PC games come out, and people with monster PCs run them. People with shitty PCs run them. They just run them at lower settings, varying levels. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I feel like in 2020, that won't be the issue. It was say last generation. Yeah, I can see that. Like, just the way games are being developed now, I don't see cross-gen being the headache it once was where you know titanfall on 360 was by blue point on completely different hardware on you know very it's a very very different scenario now yeah yeah but, and like yeah. the other the other side of that coin too is like generally speaking ports for uh ports for like cross gen titles have to take into account the lower spec system because otherwise you can't really have like you can't really have things playing differently you know uh mm. but that doesn't that isn't to say that a first party can't that a first party can't do that because a third party has an obligation to make the experience somewhat consistent across platforms there might be lower resolution on one side or the other like half like half render frame rates at far distances but it'll be the same ai level of ai the same level of complexity yeah. otherwise because they're obligated to make a product that is more or less the same across platforms first parties don't have that restriction 
at all because Mm -hmm. they're only developing for one machine at like minimum right so it makes me think that while a lot of games might be cross-gen and it's certain and it's certainly a possibility and matt booty has already said yeah like everything we're gonna do is cross-gen at this for the first two years like it's still a distinct possibility that maybe Microsoft might make it say, might come out and say, hey, the Series X version of this game has increased AI density, has better like physics calculations, has mm. more features enabled on the logic side of things than the lower power consoles do. Yeah. Especially in the case of single player games where they don't have to have the restriction of well, we have to make the experience equal because multiplayer needs to be the same across platforms. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess I, I, I'm then at that point, you know, people are saying, oh, the four teraflop new Xbox is going to hold the generation back. And I'm like, yeah. well, not if... You know, let's let's be honest, third parties are going to release on all platforms for at least a year. Mm, Microsoft yeah. are doing the same thing. And, and to be honest with you, you know, and I said this the last podcast, I was like, what do we think? What do we think Sony's actually going to come out with? Because we've already got The Last of Us 2 launching this year. We've got Ghost mm-hmm. of Tsushima launching this year. They'll both, they'll both probably get PS5 versions. But here's the yeah. question. Are they actually going to... And, and, and I, you know, I don't know. But are, are they actually going to re-release those games as new versions that you have to spend more money on? Which goes completely or, in the face or of an update. Yeah, or is it just going to be you plonk your disc in and you get that version? Because if it's the 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 former, that that feels that's really assuming, that's shitty. Assuming, yeah, that's I, assuming that's assuming PlayStation Five is going to copy the Xbox model of backwards compatibility. We just don't know yet. Like, well, I think it will one hundred percent be backwards compatibility theme. with. Because yes, here's the thing: the the Wii U and the Wii had very similar hardware in specification mm. and in design. And it was very much a case of, well, we're just going to strap a bunch of Wii U's together, technically speaking, and make like Wii's together and make the Wii U. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but the backwards compatibility on that was limited to things you could buy on the eShop, which Wii games did not come on the eShop until way later in the Wii U's life. Like I don't think they ever released at launch or even can't in the you, first you couple can pop years. Your disc in though, can't you? You could pop your disc in, but it would take you to okay. Wii mode. Yeah, that's right. There's a dedicated. Yeah. There's a so little window. There's, if you wanted, if you window. wanted backwards compatibility with all your Wii, all the stuff you got on Wii, you had to go into the Wii mode, which meant you you were locked out of any upgrades because it was emulating a lower yeah. clock CPU, a lower clock GPU, even though yeah. it was the same. Technically speaking, the same, same as same mm. architecture as the Wii, but more powerful. You were still downclocked. You were still locked into the Wii spec. Uh, is is PS5 backwards compatibility with PS4 going to be the same? Mm, where yeah, that's yeah, what I'm worried about. It's technically backwards compatibility, but you're not going to see upgrades. You're not going to see that better frame rates, though. better resolutions. You're going to see the same me. game playing with your with a, your full compatibility. Don't get me wrong, full compatibility. But it's not going to do the Xbox you're stuck stuff at, where you get but you're, 16 but you're stuck to the PS4. And... You're stuck to PS4 mode. Yeah. Well, that... and that would blow when you consider the fact that Microsoft will likely make it possible that every Xbox One game that gets that is compatible with the Series X, which is looking like uh, all of them, I, might have the potential of seeing better frame rates, better resolutions, more stable frame rates in general. Let's go back. To frame but rate. wouldn't but wouldn't you know? the PS5 wouldn't the backwards compatible PS4 games 
through sheer like the fact that they're going to be running on a console that's got an ssd or custom ssd or whatever it is wouldn't they naturally get improved load times anyway yeah without a dedicated enhancement sure like the th- like you can look at emulators on pc today like uh what's it dolphin right dolphin emulates wii and gamecube games with mm. pin pin perfect precision to the point where you can even upgrade the the games internally uh for those who are unaware what dolphin is um but like you lock it at you lock it at like how it looked and how it played on the original systems you're still going to get the benefit of load time because load times is more dependent on the storage the storage system than that's right yeah the fundamental well, I mean, hardware look that that's better than nothing if i can get if yeah. i can get 100 ps4 backwards compatibility and the only the only bonus is improved load times i'll take it yeah I'll i mean it. plenty of people will take that that's not that's not a like i'm not signing paint paint ps4 mode as a bad thing and a bad avenue because hmm. ps4 is still the the last generation the first generation for 4k you know hmm. so you're still going to be getting quality looking games hmm. in a hmm. ps4 mode ps5 right the only downside is locking it out locking those games out of potential upgrades down the line potential updates you know yeah you're stuck in in that mode yeah. And, yeah, I mean, don't get me, yeah, the way Microsoft started is obviously ideal, but not everyone's going to be able to do that. Well, yeah. I think you saw, you know, at least certain point in the gen, uh, a lot of third-party games and, and indeed Microsoft games use dynamic resolution scaling to great mm. benefit. And as soon as the Series X came out, they immediately went, well, our upper limit is 1080p. We'll just hit that yeah. all of the time. Um, you saw that with mm. Halo 5. Um and I have to I think wonder, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Is is they they're obviously communicating without giving away too much info to their partners of like mm. you know design your games in this way, and you know you, you have to wonder if there are games out there that that are saying you know yeah there's a here's a performance mode but it, if the if the availability for power is there, you can run at 64k and all this sort of thing. Mm. We're seeing more and more games launch with that kind of stuff, and that. I like yeah. that that avenue. I mean, I've got something something crazy, like nearly 500 plus games, including everything from the OG Xbox mm. to 360 to now, yep, yep, yep. Um, yep. all sitting in a folder. And I like the idea that I can, at some point, whenever I feel like it, go back in time and, and go and play it. And it's not taken yeah. away from me or I have to rebuy a special version of it or anything like that. I think that's um, pro-consumer uh in, yeah. in, a, in a really good way and i get it doesn't tick the boxes for console warriors out there they want to have dedicated experiences but um you know at the same time this is a, a business uh and they need to make money in order to justify their existence um so it is what it is um but hey ho you know never never mind yeah. um speaking of pro consumer moves there was a hilarious uh thread on reset area uh, the last couple of days which which was titled phil spencer is our guy <laughs> and there is some there is some absolutely brilliant uh takes in there some from 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 perhaps more jaded fans like don't love corporations and and all this sort of thing um and and some that were perhaps a little bit more reasonable um the only thing i can really say is you know i i've I've been lucky enough to meet Phil a couple of times and he is a genuinely, seemingly nice uh, fella. 
And that's pretty much all I have to say on it. And and I, mm. I continually hear, oh, you know, they need to earn earn my respect and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, you know, if you haven't been paying attention for the last sort of three or four years where he said, I'm going to fix A, B and C, you know, I'm going to fix my first party. I'm going to fix my development relationship with, uh, you know, Japan and et cetera. And I'm going to make sure that we fix our hardware. He's ticking every yeah. box. All right. Mm. So at this point, it's like, well, you know, he said he's going to do stuff. The stuff he has said he's going to do, he has done. Let's see what the next generation brings. And that's pretty much my, my take on it. Mm. Um, well, I am, I am working on trying to get him both to actually post in the Discord and hopefully be on this podcast. Yeah. Through a friend. Ah. Ah. He'll, he'll, he'll come on. We know that um, Thomas Marler, bless him, he actually emailed Phil after after his appearance on this podcast. It was like, Did he? Yeah. Did he email him? He emailed <laughs> Phil directly and was like, here's their email address. But, you know, Phil's a busy guy. He can't drop everything and come and join us on this podcast. So that's understandable. Yeah. I know. Um, so yeah, hopefully so, before the year is out or before the Series X releases, we'll have him that's on. My, that's, that's our New Year's resolution, folks, if you're watching. Mm, before the to end try and get Phil on. of 2020, and ideally, really, before the launch of the new Xbox console, we will get Phil Spencer to give up two or so hours of his life and come chat games with us. Um, hopefully. Well, hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully. It's a, it's a good resolution to have if we fail. I don't know. So be it. So be it. We'll keep trying. Make it the New Year's resolution for 2021. Um, we also uh, threw out some um, conversations uh, for the community to throw some questions at us, um, both in our Discord and on Twitter. So I've got a, a, a few that I sort of took note of. Um, <laughs> from Starlatine, is Xbox dead? That's a pretty short Always. answer to this. Same yes, answer. And always. Always. Um, always dead. So and it's you know, the right kind of dead. Um Solidus Kraken. Uh if the if the Series X and the Lockhart stuff is true, should I buy the Series X over Lockhart? Like what's the what Well didn't we you say what reason would I have to buy a Series Pretty much. X? Should I like should that? I buy it mm. or not? Should I buy a Series X if both are released well, or should I should I just stick to Lockhart? I mean it's an easy question to answer. Do you have a 4K TV, or like myself, are you still rocking the 1080 plasma? If you if you're planning on rocking a 1080 TV for next generation, then maybe just get lock up. But um, I'm finally moving over to 4K with an LG 48 inch OLED, so nice. I will I've, be getting the Series X. Was that the one that was revealed at CES this week? CES. Yep, yep. That yeah. is that TV. Like will. I don't know if any of you use that website. That is it, Artings, that TV rating website. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're quite good. I I imagine that that LG will instantly rocket to the top of the list of best gaming TVs. Like, um, it supports G Sync. It supports FreeSync. Um, fully firmware upgradable. Uh, they said that because, again, this is on the, in the article I read, because of the size of the screen so a 48 inch 4k they said it gives the pixel density which is the equivalent of a 96 inch 8k tv or something like that which is just bonkers if it's true because you imagine that native 4k games are going to look ridiculously crisp on that tv it's going to be so good can't wait 
Yeah, you'll you'll love the jump to 4K. Although I also imagine that the Series X will allow 1080p users to super sample natively. Um, well, yeah. So I guess I mean again, the One X the One X already does that built in. So exactly. There's no reason the Series X won't do the same. So I guess it's it really comes down to do you see yourself upgrading to a new TV halfway through that generation of console, and if you do, you'll know that you can super sample for years two and three and four, and then. Mm. Unsuper sample and just run it at native uh, 4K when you get your new TV. But, but I mean, really, we should wait and see what the prices are too. Yep, yep. I, I think mean, that's. We, I mean, we're all we're all um, you know guesstimating or we're all taking a crack at what we think the prices are going to be. But ultimately, we don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe Phil's going to be a complete smartass and throw a curveball with the pricing and do five ninety nine. Yeah, some outlandish <laughs> shit like one ninety nine and three ninety nine or. Who the hell knows? Like, we've got to wait till we get some pricing first. You know, you could you could imagine the cheers, right? If they if they if they match the price uh, for Series X versus PS Five, if they match the price, highly unlikely, but highly it, unlikely, highly unlikely. But the the mic drop of an E three mic drop, mm. like yeah, it's out at three ninety nine. But as always, Microsoft go first. Although that we are seeing rumors now that. Um, yeah, yeah. Sony. Sony I don't think. I don't think. Again. I don't think. Well, there's going to be the PS meeting for a start, and yep. that'll be probably around Feb. Yeah, probably um, announced last day. But of they January. won't show. They they won't announce the price there. No. I mean, you know, I, I told everyone that they weren't going to have any PS5 shit at CES, and I was basically right, unless you count a logo that everyone already knew what it was going to look like. <laughs> I've seen some hilarious um, memes on that logo as well. It's like, you know, like an art Photoshop guy at his laptop just presses delete, prints five, and it's like grins at the camera. It's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I imagine they will not reveal the price at the PS meeting. Um, That will probably wait for either E3, if they're going to be there. It's sounding like they're not going to be there. Or whatever dedicated E3 show they have. That's probably where they'll have the price. I, I like now that at E3, Microsoft does it all in their own theater. Because previous mm, E3s we good. saw the crazy security leaks where the whole console, uh, the whole console, the whole uh, reveals would just be bullet pointed two hours before the conference. There you go, everyone. Surprise is ruined, which sucked yeah, yeah. Um, for people that enjoy the the sort of surprise element of of E3. Um, yeah. So the idea that they have their own theatre and that's where they hold everything, um, and you know, I think they host some other third parties in there. Um, so it'd be it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out. But this this year, this this general, I mean, we all love a next gen launch. They're always exciting, but you know, mm. it feels like it's we've got a, we finally got a, a Microsoft and Xbox team that are firing on all cylinders mm. and actually really want to compete um, and aren't being held back by uh, the Windows division and being under their banner. And we finally have uh, a PlayStation that absolutely knows what they're doing and knows what they want to do and achieve. Um, it's just going to be a good time mm. for games. And I love the fact that we're entering a gen now. And again, this is my, my personal belief, but not every one of my in-real-life friends uh, can afford to drop 500 quid or 400 quid on a brand-new console that can play exclusive games. So the idea that I can I can get my Halo Infinite on my PC and run it in 32 by 9 uh, at... 144 frames per second and play mm. with my friend playing on an OG Xbox One and there's no barrier for entry and and they can all just jump on 
is mm. is great. Like, yes, more of that, please. Um, so yeah, super <laughs> super pleased, uh, and I'm looking forward to this year. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, what was the other What was the other amusing thing I I read on Reset Era? I'm just trying to rattle my brain here. Um, I think I saw that um, that we had some some crazy some crazy HBM two stuff still being bandied around that next gen thread. Um, but I think yeah, we've we were talking about that, that before. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's pretty much the the state of state of the union uh, of late. Um, next community questions. There's another one here from Suki Brood, who's one of our Xbox era uh, site team staff uh coincidentally i was looking at the statistics of who posts the most on the xbox era website and he is kicking everybody's ass he's in triple digits in terms of news items and articles and reviews posted with over 150 so you know massive shout out to sukia for basically Mm. kicking butt and taking names um but he's he's written do we think with the 10 or so months left until the kickoff of next gen that Microsoft can positively change the conversation on their brand. So they've been working on it for a number of years, but it still seems that more time and effort is needed to actually garner a positive mindset from the general public. What do we think? No. 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 They need the new consoles to come out. Yeah. It's that simple. They need to leave the Xbox One behind, and we're going to be a couple of years away from that. As we yeah, like I, I, if Microsoft was going to turn it around and they couldn't do that with everything they've done in the last three years, then it's not going to happen until after the new consoles come out. Yeah, and I think as yeah. well that they need to have the games to actually do that conversation for them. They need to have, you know, arguably, and, and this is again my personal opinion, Halo Infinite needs to be no pressure 343 but it needs to be basically jaw-dropping mind-blowing single-player game with all of the longevity that comes from you know continual updates a killer multiplayer feature set a killer new game mode that gets everybody talking be it in the realm of like your apex legends or your fortnites that people just Mm. want to play all the time it needs to do all of those things. It needs to tick a crazy number of boxes, and I would not want to work for for three four three under that pressure. To be honest with you, I mean, to be fair, they they have the resources available to them that they need. They've been given five years. They've yeah. been allowed to build a brand new engine, and one advantage they do have, we have no idea if they've taken advantage of this, but. Halo 5's multiplayer was borderline perfect. It was great. I still like, love it. Today. As terrible as terrible as that campaign is, the multiplayer is for me the best in the series. Mm-hmm. So if we work under the assumption that 343 also believes that, then that's a pretty big advantage development wise because they don't have to spend a lot of resources with the multiplayer. Obviously, give it have it running in the new engine in terms of visuals. But how it feels, the modes, the general structure of everything, they can pretty much leave it as is. They don't really have to touch the multiplayer. Yeah, I, and, and I've said this. I've said this to to some of my friends. You know, I miss the days where you'd you know you'd hit your guide button and you'd see your friends listen. It'd just be Halo, 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 Halo. I miss those days mm. personally speaking. And um, 
I think Halo 5, when it launched, I thought it was really good. The core was good with multiplayer, but it was missing a lot of um, a lot of the modes that everyone kind of took for granted, and that was a shame. Um, but ever since the sort of Forge updates and things, um, the amount of customs that you can play now with all the minigame settings and stuff is bonkers, you know, and it, mm. it explains why even to this day, you know, what we're we talking four years later since its release, I can still find a game five, yeah. pretty quick yeah. um and I, I, even now like i i've i'm very pleased to to occasionally be asked to work quite quite closely with the uh 343 sustain team so this is the the team of guys who um try and support the matchmaking with new modes and maps made by the community so they do a lot of testing and stuff um and you know they they are constantly looking at what they can add to the not not so much as updates now but what content they can put in that will get people talking you know things like castle wars and um and other new modes like that mini games in their in their action sack playlists and stuff like that um and it's and it's commendable that they're doing that so massive props to those guys who who sit there and and sort through all of the community content because there's a lot of it both good and bad mm. um and i'm certainly not saying mine's good but i'm i'm pleased that sometimes some of my stuff is picked up um i recently did a uh 2019 i'm still forging i guess halo 5 is probably my game of the generation next to sea of thieves but um i made a a, a sea of thieves galleon in forge for halo 5 yeah, as a competitive saw, saw level pictures of that and that uh, pretty cool. yeah it, it's an insane thing to try and pull off because you know it's forge it's not a professional level design mm. tool really um, yeah, I, I still love doing it. It's such a weird addiction. I find it kind of it's kind of a Minecraft for Halo nerds, I guess. Well, I mean, the professional stuff. level design tool is relative. I mean, yeah. it's about as good as I, it's not as good as something like the creation engine for Bethesda's games. But no. I mean, for a map editor for a first-person shooter, I don't really think you can get much better. Yeah, it was it was fun no. to build, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so there you go, Sukia. No. They probably won't be able to turn that around anytime soon. Um, but they'll just have to keep sticking to their messaging and, and carrying on doing what they're doing. Um, Soul Blazers mm. has written, would we like to see some focus on custom mods for the next-gen consoles, specifically uh, around RPG studios like in Exile, Obsidian, um, kind of like your Skyrim stuff where you have mods on consoles for the first time. Would we want? Would we, would we expect to see or would we like to see those developers allowing the community to make their own kind of bits and pieces and their own adventures within new games on xbox consoles yeah i mean for those for those that care enough yeah cool yeah i'm, I'm always down for it i don't know whether they will um unless they they hit to a level of something like a skyrim from perhaps obsidian or someone like that because one thing that's always stuck out to me in some of the interviews that i've read over the last year or so was as a phrase that's been repeated and it's one i wholeheartedly agree with as someone who has limited time to game as much as he would like and that is the return of games that have a beginning a middle and an end you know mm. games that aren't 80 hours of grind that are 15 to 20 hours of you know great game but then it's a one and done um and i like I'd be, i like that i'd be happy if we went six to eight hours yeah same like i hold my like, hand i don't I see <laughs> Take me why is everyone so allergic to sub 10 hour games like if you can make that 10 hour game one hell of a ride 
there's nothing wrong with that. Like, even if it's super high production value, yep. um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't see an issue with it. No, I don't I think either. we need to get over it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and the last question I have from Don Kibasa. Uh, are SSDs magic and is the Xbox One SX and the majority of PCs holding back my gorgeous sweet NVMe SSD powered games question mark exclamation mark exclamation mark question I think mark, that might be a semi troll question it is uh, <laughs> no no they will not um, yeah so there you go um, always always interesting um, I think it's time now, and we still need a jingle for you this. Know, so if you're listening, actually, one thing, oh, well, one on. thing I did want to, uh, I guess it, it kind of links in. I don't know if anyone saw there was some Twitter account which I didn't look, in, look into the Twitter account, but it spread pretty quick because I I follow a Powerstone Twitter account. It's not an official one, but it's like I don't know the known one, <laughs> um, and some other random unknown account said that. Powerstone HD is going to be announced for the Nintendo Switch at the next Direct. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of us that are Powerstone fans obviously got a bit excited. I, it's probably bullshit. I ran it I ran it past my guy who laughed. Oh. So, yeah, that broke my heart a little oh. bit because I'd love for Powerstone to come back. <sighs> Burst um, that bubble. I've got it on Dreamcast. I've got it on PSP. Um, Never mind. Yeah, it'd be great to have. I mean, look, I don't know if we'll ever get a Power Stone 3. It'd be cool if we did. Um, But even just the first two remade, like Capcom now has that incredible engine. Um, How about we start bringing stuff back? Like, how nice would a Dead Rising game in that new engine be now? That Mm. would be. It's an incredible engine. I wish I could play um, horror games without being a terrified little bitch. But yeah, that's I what know. I, I need am. need to go back to Resident Evil. Hey, 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 hey. Swearing. You know. Well, hey, considering Mr. Pottymouth over there has sworn more than the word bitch in the first <laughs> 10 minutes of this podcast. You clearly missed all the swearing you did in the first two minutes of this podcast. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I do it. Okay, Wait, man. we need to add that to our New Year's resolution list is uh, tone the language down, stop boys swearing. and girls. We need to stop making, having to mark this podcast as explicit. Um, but no, I'm I'm right. I, and I love, I, I see these visuals of these horror games and I'm like, oh, that looks amazing. I'm just a little wuss. I can't do it. Look, I got scared Resident, playing King Resident Kong, Evil 7, the game. Re- Resident Evil 7 is a legitimately great game. I'm not very far into it because it keeps stressing me out all the time. I can't do it. I can't um, do it. King Kong, I managed, the movie. Do you remember that? I, do you remember the King original Kong, the movie? Or the, the game. 2005? Yeah, like the oh, launch the game, title, the game. yeah. Okay. Couldn't, couldn't play that because being scared, by, <laughs> being chased by dinosaurs when you can hear their feet but you can't see them terrifies the bejesus out of me all right okay, i don't know why far, but... don't judge me well i made my girlfriend at the time so then, the game for me so then you didn't play alien isolation then so on alien isolation i love the alien movies i bought the game on sale the game is amazing i was like wow the art direction wow this is cool played yeah. through played through saw the guy get stabbed i was like oh that's scary went into the room and then the alien dropped in and I just leaned across, turned my console nope. off, and never loaded yep. it again. Nope. All right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do it. It is. It's I, it's scary. I, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's funny. Like, I was kind of a bit I was a bit disappointed when I read... There was some Twitter account that 
some developer started a thread. This was years ago saying, you know, post about secrets about games you've worked on that no one knows about. And someone who was on that creative assembly team or used to be posted that, you know, the alien, it was really hard to have the alien have actual proper AI that could try and hunt you down. So the alien just always knew where you were at all times, which just, oh, it disappointed me a little bit. I still love the game. The game is so damn good. Yeah, so the alien knew where you were at all times. It just chose not to find you. That's right. Yeah, basically. So that's why, because I always used to wonder, like, because again, I get pretty scared too, John, but like, I remember playing Alien Isolation and I was in this awesome hiding spot and I'm just like, you know, what if I just sit here? Like, it's never going to find me in here. Like, surely I can just wait for it to piss off and then I can just sneak out and keep going. And I reckon I sat in this little vent for like probably five minutes. I just sat. And eventually that alien just came in and grabbed me and tore me out. And I'm like, God damn it. No, it was just, <laughs> I just can't. I there's can't nowhere for me to hide. Can't do them. I'm just, I'm just a terrified little wuss. Um, so all you horror fans out there, I'm just madly jealous of your bravery more than anything else in this world. Um, but yes, uh, if there are any budding musicians listening, um, we would really love a rumor mill jingle for the rumor mill. Because, you know, we, we thought about using a song. I think you had a song, Ed, didn't you? Of some did, description. But we don't want to be hit mm. with any copyright strikes. So if someone wants to write us a hilariously think... cheesy rumor mill jingle that I can play, that would be great. I think we have someone in the Discord, PSW60, who had done a jingle for this podcast early, early days. Mm. Maybe I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll pester maybe, him. Maybe we'll tap him. But maybe I'm thinking we'll it needs some like see. it needs some cheese, like some Richard cheese. If you've never listened to Richard cheese yeah, on Spotify, yeah. you probably should. Um, okay. But yes, yeah, so uh, Nick, over to you for the oh, rumor yeah, mill. mill. Um, okay, so one that I've been holding on to for a while because you know we, you know we we don't have an unlimited number of rumors and it's nice to spread them out. But the problem is in my waiting some steam has been taken away. So first, Sukabrood started a thread on Reset asking what we think Everwild should be and what it could be. And I had to read through that thread. And if you sort of piece together a lot of people's posts, there's a rough idea of probably what Everwild's going to be. Then Matt Booty came out with that interview talking about cross-gen games, which took a little bit more steam. But... um. Yeah, so Everwild, I had been given some info about Everwild quite a while back, uh, prior to XO19, actually. So that's how whole, how long I've been holding on to this for. Um, because, of course, we're all still wondering what Everwild's going to be like, what it's going to be about. Um, and what I've been told, for starters, since we're talking about the Matt Booty thing, Everwild's going to be cross-gen, um, which also means it's probably coming out sooner than we all think. Um, there's, I believe there's even a chance it might make launch. There's a chance. I'm not saying it will, but there is a very real chance it might sneak into launch. Um, now in terms of the type of game it is, uh, I know, I think at the start we all thought maybe like a monster hunter type of game, Mm. but it's actually, I believe more of like a God game, not black and white God game, but on a smaller scale. Um, So there'll be like, you know, you sort of have tribes and villages and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, there's a little bit of Sea of Thieves about it, but it's co-op focused. It's not shared world, it's co-op. Okay. That's the big difference. So I guess maybe, I don't know, would you say, is, it, is that more like Minecraft, I guess? Hmm. Well, I think it's rumoured to have some form of building in it, isn't it? Yeah, because with Minecraft, you have your own server that you have people jump into, yeah? like Because, mm. again, I don't play Minecraft, so you'll have to correct me there if I'm wrong. But No, I think you're I th- right. West front. Yeah, Sea of Thieves is like this full-blown shared world that everyone yeah, yeah. jumps into, where Minecraft, you have your own world that you've made, and you can have friends jump in. So I think, I, I believe that Everwild is more like that. Interesting. Um, yeah, so... Well, I think yeah, that's be definitely been given see. more weight because of Booty's recent comments of, you know, we're not going to leave people behind straight away. Everything's going to be cross-gen. So. I mean, I have to admit, when that trailer dropped at XO19, I was actually standing with Mike Chapman um, and the community guy, I'm trying to remember, I think it's John McFarlane. I can't remember his name, mm. um, from Rare. And they were clapping and hollering, obviously, because it was a big deal to see their 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 team's new new game being shown off. But one thing that stuck me was the art style, whilst not the same as Sea of Thieves, is obviously stylized um, and isn't, isn't trying to break the bank on realism, but instead is vibrant and colourful. Well, here's um, the thing. Wouldn't surprise because me. Because it all... It, it all starts to piece together when you look at it all. So we had Thomas on, on the last episode. Mm. And he was telling us how because Falcony has no textures, it scales up super well, which would also assume it scales down pretty well. Um, and part of that is the fact that it has no textures. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, um, what is that game by Capcom? The, oh, I can't believe. Akami. So remember Okami, Okami, Okami? Okay. Yeah, 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 on yeah. PS3 actually could run, I believe, at like 4K or some ridiculous yeah. resolution. Wow! It was running at an internal resolution of like extreme, of like 4K or 8K. It was, or something it was being downscaled, but it was yeah, being it downscaled was to 1080p. Crazy. Yeah. And again, that's another one of those cell shaded sort of stylized games with no textures. And if you see the Everwild trailer, it looks like they're going with something very, very similar. So it all kind of falls into place. So Matt Booty's like we're talking about cross-gen games and not, you know, ditching the Xbox One. If a game is being built in that way, then you have to assume that they're building it that way so that the Xbox One version or when the game runs on Xbox One, it doesn't run like complete garbage and still looks pretty good. Yeah. And then will still scale up magnificently on One X Series X. Yeah. Lockhart, whatever the case. That assumes be. that assumes a level of foresight that not many developers have the time, patience, or money to actually do. Except so. a first party developer. Yeah, first party. First party developer, developer sure. Yeah. But that's about the only extent I'd see of it for the most part. Like there'll be the there'll be the exceptions in third party like uh like the Falconeer, I mm. assume. But mm. I don't see that being the trend for every third party game. No. Oh no, no, no. I think but it will but be, it'll but... probably be for some of the first party. Like I'm just you know, it made me think about what Thomas said, it made me think about what Matt said, and it looks like with Everwild, just if we're just talking about Everwild for now, it looks like they were very intentional design decisions. So that the game could be cross gen, but still not like the game's not being sacrificed by being yeah. held back by the Xbox One, just um, purely based on how it's being built. And those colors sense. and that, you know, but seeing that that kind of world, like 
one thing that is really jarring is when you play Sea of Thieves, it's a gorgeous game. We all know that. But playing it at 30 FPS is, is frankly horrific. And, and that's why I play mm. on PC um, with a pad. But um, the idea of when that next-gen console launches, when Series X comes out, to play those games in full fat 4K but at 60 FPS or even higher mm. because the bandwidth is available there for developers to yeah, just go, yeah. yep, off you go. Um, and, and again, this ties back into that um, that messaging that's already started to come out. Not so much on on the bells and whistles, but how games feel to play. Because, mm. and I don't care what any 30 FPS diehards out there think, any game at 60 FPS feels better than a game at 30. All of the time. They yeah. look better. There's they do, about yeah. the 60, it they just, just look smooth. They look, they just... Man, just those Tomb Raider games, when you run those Tomb Raider games in performance mode, god damn, the they look good. Yeah, they, the difference is, oh. is staggering. So, um, but, I mean, yeah. how many years ago did Frank say, Frank O'Connor... Because mm. I remember I did not believe him at the time. But how many years ago did he say that that slip space engine is being built for Xbox One? Oh, you know, it's one of those things God. that, again, like clearly Microsoft has had their eye on this strategy for many, many years because Frank said it quite a while back. Yeah. That he, slip he's space he's, he's underlined several Xbox times One. that, you know, it, I think and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. So, Frank, if you're listening, I apologize for perhaps misrepresenting you, but I think the gist of what he said was um, it will take full advantage of the Series X, but the engine will also take advantage of, of yet, un, yet as yet untapped capability of the original Xbox One. So they've obviously specifically designed it to take advantage of all of their hardware. So that it can run well on yeah. base Xbox One. I, like but that's saying the idea. that, I still wouldn't be surprised to see because I know they've said 60 FPS is king for Halo now. Um, mm. And I love that they made that switch and that change because Halo feels better because of it. It's no longer like walking through mud. Um, yeah. Seriously, go back and play Halo 3 on the 360. Like, not the not the MCC version, but the original 30 FPS version. The backwards horrific. compatible version. It's not fun. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised from a campaign perspective if they did something very similar to what Gears did, which is to have the campaign render on the OG Xbox One uh, at 30 xbox one x yeah. at 60 and then obviously uh, and i'm i'm putting my own personal thought out here i wouldn't be surprised to see infinite rocking 120 fps for halo for multiplayer for multiplayer, for multiplayer. on the series x yeah not for single but for no. multi but yeah I, I i will fully bet on yeah that. i could see it for multi for sure hmm but so i don't know when you just put all those pieces together it kind of paints a picture that they haven't really been hiding from. We just haven't seen it, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah. So that's Everwild. So if it can sneak into launch, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, to have the new IP in Everwild, Forza Eight, Halo Infinite. Um, that's not a bad launch lineup. Yeah, because he's he's. I think Matt Booty was also quoted as saying we're focusing on a couple of titles, but then he only referenced Infinite. Because that's the only one that's obviously been announced as launching yeah, yeah. with the console. Yeah, so right. fully expect there to be a couple more. Um, yeah. Do we think that obviously then Forza is going to be... Um, For sure. There'll be there'll be a Forza game. There has to be. There always is. And mm. how long has it been since seven? Two uh, years? It's been years? two years. Years. Okay, oh, no, two wait. Years. No. No. Nearly four years, I think. No, since seven. But when, when, the last, when the last Forza game, the last Forza Horizon game was in 2018. 
The year before yeah. that was Forza Motorsport 7. So, so it'll it's be three been about three years. Year. It'll be three years it's come three Series years, yeah. X launch. So Forza Motorsport 8 has to be there, surely. Yeah, it released like 3rd of October 2017, Forza 7. That's right. So it'll be three years. And remember, with Forza Motorsport, it's always been announced that the year it comes out, comes out a few months later. That's how it's always been. So my assumption is that come June, it'll get announced, launch title, cross-gen, the whole lot. Uh, mm. Obviously, what we don't know we, we ha- that we have to wonder is, will it be, I assume no, but let's hypothesize anyway, speculate, whatever. Will it be a Forza Horizon 2 situation where there was a separate version made or will it be the one scalable version? I assume it's the, the latter rather than the former, but... I think so. Uh, you never know. Because at this point, it's not... It's just lower res textures. It'll be no ray tracing. Mm. It'll be, yeah, yeah. you know, locks to 1080p Everything turned off. Um, Everything turned off. But the Series X version will have all of the, the you know crazy textures and I imagine bells and whistles ridiculous yeah I, I mean racing games always do um, and the great thing is aside from the Horizon series which was the only game series to ever make me want to play racing games um, mm. I don't have to worry about at least being able to show it off on the TV you know because it's Game Pass Game right. Pass yep. it's just there it's just there don't have um, to worry now before I jump into the next rumour something I want to clarify because I had quite a few people in Discord giving me shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it, Zuj and Sony put out tweets saying that Elden Ring is going to be shown at the Taipei Game Show. No, it isn't. It's going to be a trailer. Although Zuj, Zhuge Zuj, I believe, did say that. He said it'll be in video form. It'll most likely be the E3 trailer. When I talked about Elden Ring showing up at the Series X show, that was gameplay. Yeah. So a that's reveal. My bad. I, I worked under the assumption that people assumed I was referring to gameplay. It's gameplay we're going to see in April or May for Elden Ring, not just some random trailer. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to clear that up. That's good. So the next the next rumor, uh, again, little bit of thunder spoiled. Um, Platinum and Wonderful One Hundred One. So I had been told that you know Platinum. We're looking for funding because they want to take Wonderful 101 to other platforms. This was um, originally a Nintendo... Was it a Wii U the exclusive? The Wii U game? Yeah. Yep. Wii U exclusive. Nintendo Nintendo published it. Um, but they Nintendo were happy for Platinum to put it on other platforms, I believe. Uh, but they basically said, we ain't paying for it, though. You guys have to self-fund it if you want to put it elsewhere. We're not paying for anything. Um, so up until Tencent gave them that loan, which is all it is, by the way, for people thinking that Tencent have a stake in Platinum. They don't. It was effectively a loan. They just gave them funding. Um, They were, I believe, going to go to Kickstarter for the wonderful 101 other console ports. So we assume that there's obviously going to be a Switch port, but I think we may get wonderful 101 ports for PS4 and Xbox One as well. Um, Now that they have that Tencent money, which... For those of you who care about Wonderful 101, I guess that's pretty cool. I played it on the Wii U and I was not a fan myself. (laughs) So if you care about (laughs) it, effectively the message is buy it and support your developer that you like. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got, they've got, I mean, it's good that they didn't have to go to Kickstarter. I mean, um, 10 cent money is a lot of money. 
So my assumption is that they'll have all the money they need to port it to whatever consoles they want to port it to. So for those excited, that's cool. Cool, cool. That's all I got for this that's, turn. That's the end of the rumor mill, and that's where we would obviously play the jingle again. Mm. But yeah, yeah, you know, definitely want that jingle at some point. Um, so uh, I think next next up is you've done a you've done a top five this this yeah, yeah. week, Ed. Yep. Uh, and and it's a one controversial that I wanted to one. do earlier. Yeah, I did want to do it earlier back when Master Chief Collection came out, but I think that was the week that we skipped because of you know we we, we had time. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. So um, so the top five for this week was top five Halo campaigns. Interesting. I'm aware of the fact that there's only six mainline Halo games, if you include Reach. I think you can include um, Halo Wars as well in all of those because some of them have good stories. I didn't. I, it was I more about the FPSs. Yeah, um, that's fair. I did. I did troll a little bit. Like usually, my feature image on the website gives a clue as to what's in the top five. So the feature image is one of the Halo Five um, key arts. But Halo 5 was never going to be in that top five. From a campaign a perspective. Campaign. Yeah, that was never going to be there. It's a terrible campaign. Hmm. Um, so, but, I mean, I mean, look, I assume you guys have read... I don't know if you guys have read the top I five. Have. I know that John's going to have thoughts on a game that's thoughts. missing. But, so is this going to be uh, only mainline Halos or... Yeah. Just yeah. for clarification, because so, ODST all, all is FPSs, not a mainline Halo. The, no, 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 all the FPSs. It's the FPSs. Okay, so then that's seven games. Is it? Hello, Reach, oh, Reach yeah, one, two, three, ODST, four, five. Well, I, I considered Reach a mainline game, but ODST as an expand alone. I consider ODST an expand alone. But yeah, either way, it's seven of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, so number five for me was Halo 4. Just snuck in mm. through sheer virtue of there not being many Halo games. Hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong I don't love Halo 4's campaign it's just okay as I said in the article it's serviceable it's not great it's not terrible it's mechanically just... story level design what is it about it that you dislike oh again I didn't dislike it like I, I like that okay let me rephrase I, that I like that what did you what about those three which of those three things did you find the most mediocre uh for me it was the levels themselves okay. like there was nothing there was nothing overly memorable about halo 4's campaign at least for me uh i like that they tried to explore the relationship between cortana and chief that was cool um you know visually it was incredible like the 360 should not have been able to pull that off um it felt great to play felt like a next-gen uh, title, it, even on 360. Yeah, it did. It was, And, like, if you play it in the Master Chief Collection, it it looks really, really good at 1080 It looks amazing. Yeah. Um, that, that game had no right looking that good on that hardware. Um, but, again, there's just... There's nothing super... Like, there's not too many things I could remember from that campaign to tell you about. Oh, do you remember this part? Do you remember this part? Do you remember this part? The one thing that does stand out for me in Halo 4 is those goddamn Prometheans. That's where they introduced the worst enemy yeah. in the Halo franchise. 
I still don't um, get the complaints about how they're the worst enemy in Halo. Oh, uh, come on. They just... Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Deep breath. It's horrible let to me, fight. The flood is enjoyable. No, 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 right. So let, 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 me, let me break this down, right? And uh, I'm representing Halo era here in my official capacity as a Halo nerd. So Halo 4, I, I actually liked the story of Halo 4, and I think that they achieved a better storytelling capacity than Bungie ever did with their cutscenes, their acting, you know, the whole premise of, of Cortana going rampant, spoiler alert, um, and, and Chief effectively losing the one person he sort of had by his side the entire time. Where mm. where I personally feel it was less than stellar is, is particularly around level design because they pushed the engine so hard, mm. effectively the levels became uh, Very corridors, um, mm. and it, it and, and a series of go here push button um, and it's repeated ad nauseum throughout the campaign and it really takes the shine mm. off what otherwise considering that that team was brand new was a very competent game um, yeah the multiplayer as very well polished. and I know we're not talking about multiplayer here but if you actually go back into Halo 4 in the MCC and play the updated where they took out all the silly Call of Duty perk nonsense the core game is actually feels really good to play, but the levels were a bit meh. They were all based around these abilities and loadouts and things, and it was just a bad call on that front. But I, I still think oh. from a story-driven perspective, Halo 4 did some really, really cool things that I don't think Halo 5 even attempted to, to emulate in such, mm. a, such a way. Um, but yeah, I don't disagree with it being on the list. Um, I just, you know, I, I guess... It became really, really one note that campaign for me, and, and the only real yeah. moments I Again, can remember is the I loved standoff. It. I'm not saying I loved it. It's just it just scrapes in there by yeah. sheer virtue of two campaigns in particular that I hate. Mm. Uh, okay. But I mean, while we were talking about the multiplayer, Halo Four SWAT is awesome. Well, Halo there's 4 a couple of maps feels in there that were play. really good. Yeah, it feels good yeah. to play just once you take out all the trend chasing nonsense well I, i've only ever played swat ever since halo reach i've only ever played swat and swat was great in halo 4 um and i know frank's on my side with that one because he prefers swat too um so number four speaking of swat and where swat started halo reach um now when halo reach first came out i was like it, it was instantly my least favorite halo game but I reckon time has been kinder to Reach than I would have expected. Like, playing it again in the Master Chief Collection, it's not quite as bad as I remember it. Like, it's not bad. It's not great. Again, it's not amazing or anything, but it's not as bad as I remember. Like, time has been far kinder to it than one certain other Halo game. Yeah. Um, and it's hard not to love that final stanza where noble six just has to last as long as he possibly can it, that's so cool like yeah. that is so be, that is ending. legitimately cool yeah great ending yeah it game. is probably probably arguably the best ending in any halo game yeah like it's really like f for the sheer fact that it leads into ce and the fact that no matter how good you are at that game no matter how hard you fight you're going down at some point like it's yeah i reckon that's awesome that's really really good yeah the thing that really bugs me about reach um and again from an extended law perspective is that 
Uh, and I'm not sure if either of you have ever read the the Fall of Reach, the Eric Nyland. Yeah, Nyland didn't book. it ignore a lot of the it, things that happened? Right. In the book? So, a hundred percent, you should read the book if you haven't. But it literally threw that entire fundamentally very interesting narrative out the window. So when I heard that they announced the title and it was called Reach, I was like, okay, I'm in because the book has these amazing moments that you can. I'm picturing immediately at launch back in 2009 mm. in my head, like. Oh, we're gonna have the the mission where he has to go zero G onto the station to prevent um, the Covenant from finding out where Earth is, and then you have the mm. other perspective where the other team literally is trying to fly down and they have to jump out of a pelican from high atmosphere and just hard lock their suits so they don't all die, and then half of them do die anyway. So you're seeing Spartans mm. being, and it had this kind of underlying narrative. It had Halsey in it and all this sort of stuff, and then they they effectively threw it all out the window uh, and had you effectively. You know why wasn't Chief awake? Like, I, yeah, I yeah. Uh, you know, it that side of things bugged me. But I do agree that <coughs> from a campaign, if I if I ignore all of that, and I, I played through it as well on launch on PC, which was great. Um, yeah, it's time has been kind to it. I think it's it's mm. it's literally like a best of hits of of missions from a Halo yeah, perspective. Yeah. Um, although I don't think the highs of Halo Three have ever been reached by Reach. Yeah, it's funny you should say that, because uh, number three on my list is Halo Three, and for the reason you just said, like Halo Halo Three is probably the only Halo game mm. where they nailed that epic oh. feeling of everything. Like just everything felt un- like 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 it mattered, like it was a big deal in the Halo universe. Yep. You know. Uh, the, the scarab battles and like you know the Savo Highway the way they had those little skirmishes and midi battles the whole way along the Savo Highway and yeah like it was re- Halo Three was really good at making everything feel grand yeah or grander than it may have been yep um I agree with that yeah it was it was a it, it was a good game ha- Halo Three uh, again, was an event you know yeah that's back right then, it and, was a and time deal. has been Time has been okay to Halo 3. I played through it in the Master Chief Collection a few years back and it was still pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I do think that the walking around in Halo 3 um, does feel like you're you're wading through treacle, even at 60 FPS. Like, you are slow. That's that's the issue. I Um, I love Sprint. I know true Halo Halo fans hate Sprint, but man, you need it. You need it. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, you know, on on Sprint... um, Sprint's Sprint's just here to stay now, right? So just suck it up and deal with it. Good. It is what it is. So it should be. Um, I do think though, and I do agree with Halo fans' perspective, and I would be stunned if if Sprint isn't in Halo Infinite. Right? I would be genuinely mm. stunned. I do agree though, from a from a level design perspective, as particularly around multiplayer, um, Sprint fundamentally breaks maps, and the reason I say well, that is the well, no, it would sp- break existing maps but okay so let me let me put it in a different so so if you design the maps around sprint of course but then then it's not a problem what that means is like the whole premise of halo and and right back when it first came out is is the premise of run and gun not run or gun right and that is the one thing Mm. that i dislike about sprint is i had the way i play halo i'm a bumper jumper die hard Mm. my hand my thumb is never off that right stick so i can be walking backwards forwards left or right and i can constantly be shooting and aiming and by having sprint in there 
um, you lower your gun, and, and then you're mm. you have to react, and and it doesn't always feel you don't. I don't feel like you got those when I used to play as a kid, Halo Three in particular. As a kid, I don't know, I was twenty. Um, I feel it feels like a long time ago, but we used to have mm. these things called hero moments, right? And it's, it's just what you, me and my my pals used to call it, where you just have these moments where you'd sit on the radar and you'd feel the shots hitting you in the back, right? You'd have no abilities like thrust or sprint to get out of there, so you'd have these these. You've only got the limited tool set that you have, so you'd have that moment where you see the wall in front of you. You can judge the distance by the radar dot. You throw the grenade straight at the wall in front of you and bounce back as it's flying backwards, and as it explodes, you land that headshot and do that complete roll reversal. And the more that the Halo games progressed, Halo 4 and Halo 5 particularly, you lose those hero moments. Nine times out of ten... You know, aside from thrust in Halo 5, which lets you evade a little bit, I feel like you kind of lost that opportunity to kind of be that kind of tank but i also get from a design perspective modern games you feel like you should be able to run right i get it mm. so it, it, i've made my peace thing, with it but the thing is like the thing is like how fast you want halo to be right have, because have, a lot of people a lot of people when they, they they mock sprint for existing in a halo game and saying oh it just ruins how halo maps are supposed to be designed like for starters they point to doom right as like mm. well if can succeed without sprint why can't halo and it honestly sometimes reads to me like they want the halo to play as fast as doom and doom i i can't play because it's too fucking fast mm. have you, you know ever played I mean? any of the mlg fair, settings no one plays doom multiplayer i've played the mlg way. settings on halo 3 and like i so that's no. that's fast enough and that's 110 percent of movement speed if memory serves it's just this little bit more, just a little bit. Um, but, you know, like this is a conversation that's been had ad nauseum. You know, it, it's uh, Halo era effectively just revolves around this um, and whether the BR or the pistol is the appropriate starting weapon. Um, I honestly think the introduction of BR ruined how the meta felt in Halo that was established in CE. Yeah. So. Yep. I, I was a broken piece of shit in two and three. I still feel and it's nauseated still a broken piece of shit when you load into. It's not the as MCC bad as it was, and you it's have not SMG as bad as starts in Halo Two. It makes me sick, um, physically sick. Okay, AR, AR back pistol back starts in Halo One back where to it it's too late. Like you were... The genie is out. Raid it back to these campaigns, <laughs> okay? Okay, because okay. otherwise we're going to end up with another three-hour podcast. Okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, number two. Now, honestly, like, number one and number two were very, very close. Like, either game could have... Like, it could have gone either way. Like, my number two Halo campaign is ODST. But I'll tell you now, ODST could have very easily been number one. Like, I'll say straight up, anyone who hasn't played ODST, hurry up and go and do it. Like, it is an unbelievable Halo campaign. And it's it's so good because of how different it is to every other Halo campaign. Um, you know, it's it's intimate. There's nothing grand about it. It's dark, super dark. Um, it's it, like it's very uh, isolating. It makes you feel well. You are vulnerable because you're an ODST. You're not a Spartan, so. It's it's almost refreshing to feel like you're not this unstoppable force that can wipe out armies single-handedly. Mm. You have to think every encounter through. 
Um, you know, I love the way the campaign is structured where it's an it's technically open world, like it's an open hub world of New Mombasa, but you're piecing together what happened to the other ODSTs via memories. So there's, for those that don't know, there's like armor, I guess, and stuff strewn all over this world. And you'll find, say, a helmet, a, an ODST helmet, or you'll find some other piece of armor. And then when you find that armor, you then relive the memory of how it got there. That's it's actually, the way they did it was brilliant. Like yeah. it was so, and I know I say this in the article, Gears Judgment kind of tried to do the same thing and did not succeed. Um, but yeah, o- ODST, the music, again, so unbelievably different. Like it's this really smooth jazz sort of yep. soundtrack to it. It's And it just, it blends so perfectly with the whole mood of the game. It is like, I, I don't know, I can't speak highly enough of ODST. Like I just, I find it, I find it funny that Bungie's two best Halo campaigns were the two that they rushed out the door. <laughs> as soon as you give Bungie time and money, they get carried away and they screw things up. Put a leash on them and they work magic. Yeah. I just I find it funny that they're like that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think ODST in particular for me, the, the biggest thing that, that makes it stand out amongst all of the Halo campaigns is the tone. You know, Halo yeah, it's, has uh, a has an so element good. of cheese to it. Halo One was all about the mystery. You didn't know what the really what the hell was going on. And I think mm, the mm. the latter Halos, particularly four and five, ruined that mystery by answering too many questions. Yeah. And and that's again why the hope is high for Infinite because they're going back to mm. you know it regardless looks like of going back. Yeah, regardless of mm. your thoughts on Halo 5's campaign, the end result was a reset. All right. Instead yep. of humanity, yeah, war's over. We're we're kicking ass. We're the top. We've got the big ships. We're the we're the best. No, now we're on the run again. Uh, a number of years is going to have passed between Halo Five and Infinite, uh, and we're going to be back to we don't know where our place is now. We found we're, a Halo ring. We're, we're hurt. We found another right? one. And I like that. But the the mm. one thing that always stuck out to me, and again, I, I always pictured it, it was almost movie level intro, and it's the beginning of the game. The whole ODST drop pod sequence is, is fantastically done with the music yeah, and everything, so cool. right? Um, but there's the line, it starts off in the cloudy storms and it says something like, the year is da-da-da-da-da, blah, 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 blah. And then it just has this wonderful little musical memento and it just fades onto the screen. Mm. We are losing. And I mm. loved that. And I wish that the future Halo so games good. just had that tone. Yes, it's, it's silly sci-fi nonsense, really, at the heart of it. And the grunts kind of speak English, but no one else does. But just hearing that and that with that music, it, it forever cemented itself as one of those moments where I was just like, yeah, this, this yeah. is cool. And when it's, I think about what, what the TV campaign. series is going to be like, because we've got to remember the TV mm. series is coming in 2020 with Showtime, is I hope that they lean more towards a I gritty take on Halo. Mm. You know, we are losing. Um, and, you know, and we're, we're really in trouble as opposed to you know the glocky more sci-fi opera Mm. i i kind of yeah but yes uh odst is is an absolutely fantastic campaign it's funny uh, you know odst like ce you know was one of those halo games where they delivered the story more in game yeah other than relying on cutscenes. like you know everyone even though uh you know full disclosure i've never heard 
what were those podcasts for Halo 5? Uh, Hunt the Truth. Loves. Hunt the Truth. Never listened to a single one of them. Really good. But everyone loves Hunt the Truth. As far as I'm aware, that started in ODST. So didn't they deliver those... Mm, no audio recordings so ODST ODST had Sadie's story which was yes um, that's right the story of I think I have no idea if I'm right here I think it was a story about a girl girl that was abandoned in New Mombasa and and was being helped by I think the engineer I can't remember now it's been so long during the attack it was all taking place during during the attack attack. but you were you were discovering this as you went through the hub but it wasn't I don't think it was linked to Hunt the Truth um, no, 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 it wasn't linked to it. I'm talking about that style of... Oh, yeah, yeah, The podcasty, story audio delivery. recording, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm talking about that style was done in ODST, and I think that's where they got a lot of their inspiration from, mm. for Hunt, Hunt the Truth. Hunt the Truth was was brilliant, and uh, the whole f- false marketing and, and, you know, false advertising, it's nonsense. It was a dramatisation designed to hype up the game. Yes, it had no mm. real impact on on the actual story and, and and unfortunately for Halo 5 the story was pants what I would say is um, and I think Nick you've said this before is that 343 have always got at least one thing right with a Halo game that they've released so with Halo 4 the engine the graphical fidelity um, how it feels and, and how it felt was correct but the multiplayer eh. uh, but the story was good in Halo 4 it's just it was constrained mm. a little bit by the end of the gen and the hardware couldn't mm. really tackle better level design Halo 5 I think I feel is the opposite they nailed the multiplayer as I think you agree multiplayer with multiplayer amazing but mm. they the, the story was rubbish but if you actually yep. take the story away and look at the level design there is some absolutely standout level designs St. Helios is obviously the standout yeah that's Sa- a good St. Helios um, Battle of Sanon I think is another really great moment um, that, that really play into here's the level abilities the Spartan abilities that you have they design the levels to take advantage of those, and I think in a good way. Um, but my personal opinion on Halo 5's um, moveset is that it's overcomplicated. And I, I know you've said as well that the multiplayer for Halo 5 should stick to what uh, they know works, but I think they need to strip some of it back, so drop Spartan Charge, keep Thrust, um, drop, keep ground pound. I, drop Ground I Pound. I disagree I'm with okay Clamber. with dropping Ground Pound. I disagree with keeping Clamber, but I fully expect it to be in. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, ODST, like you said. So good. Bungie, Nathan Fillion was great. Yeah, Bungie seem to always succeed when they are being pushed to meet a date. Yep. As soon as you take I've that leash off them. Years. Um, yep. as soon as, when you put Bungie on a leash, flounder. when you put Bungie on a leash, they do unbelievable stuff. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as you give them free reign, they get carried away. They get too excited and they just screw so much up. You just, yeah, you, you've got to keep them on a tight leash if you want yeah. something good out of them. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, number one should be pretty obvious. I mean, I don't know how much more I can talk about Combat Evolved. Um, again, really close. Like, ODST is that good that I could have just as easily put it at number one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've spoken about CE before. It's amazing. Still, I think it still holds up. Yeah. Um, you know, the how dynamic the encounters are. Um, they're pretty different. Like, not hugely different each time, but they actually do change. Like, the AI is the AI still to this day is still fantastic. Unmatched. Like, yeah. the AI is ridiculous in that game. Um, it's still pretty good looking, too. 
Yeah. For a game from 2001, it's still pretty damn good looking. I, the I, texture work is ridiculous in yeah, that Yeah, I still prefer... You know, I mean, we all remember zooming in on the grass on Blood Gulch and stuff mm. and being like, mm. oh my god. But I, I still prefer playing Halo CE with the original graphic settings. I don't think um, the art design... I think, was it Saber Interactive that did the... Saber Interactive. Yeah, yeah. They did, yeah, it, they the, did the same for Halo 2, didn't they? The but whoever did Halo 2's yep. redesign understood Sa- Halo. Saber. But it was Saber. It was Saber for both. But whoever yeah. whoever was in charge of Saber's art design for the Halo One remake or the reskin did not understand Halo's design because the difference between the two is stark. Halo Two looks like how I would imagine a modern Halo Two if it released last mm. year looks. Halo Anniversary, the art style for it, I, I, it's just all kinds of wrong. Like there is just so many things mm. that I just and even though it looks prettier, it's it's just not quite right. Um, so I always play mm. CE uh, on the old school old graphics. graphics settings because it's just it just mm. feels right. But yeah, CE, and I think the reason it's probably at your number one is also a level of nostalgia because that game, a little bit of it, was was the game, right? It was the like, ho- mm. wow, what a, what a game it was, you know? And yeah, even with the level design being repeated, the fact that it made sense from a design perspective, yeah, okay, mm. it was the same level but in reverse, but you were going from. Yeah point b back to point yeah, a so. like that's the thing like they did whether whether it was the story came first and that's what governed the level design or whether the story was adjusted to fit the level design if that makes sense yeah. in the end they justified it through the story like they didn't just repeat levels because they couldn't be bothered like there was story context to why you were backtracking or why you were going through those levels like it wasn't i don't know that didn't bother me the only part that bothered me was the library but aside from the library all the other stuff didn't bother me the way it seemed to bother other people i still think ce is amazing and i do i am given great hope by the fact that you know for years i've been saying like i reckon i can find posts from like 2015 2016 where i've been saying that halo 6 at the time we had no idea it was called infinite needs to be effectively the star wars episode 7 yeah of halo so you know a reboot the, the common theme yeah the common theme with star wars episode 7 it was obviously a sequel but let's be honest it was almost a frame for frame recreation of star wars episode 4 just with new characters yep. new settings whatever that's what infinite needs to be it needs to just be a reimagining of CE and the legendary ending of Halo 5 gives me great hope that that is what we're going to get. Exactly, because it was effectively a universe reset back to how it was. Yes. Oh, you hey, know. look, guys, we found a Halo ring. Let's go check it out. And except now, instead of the Covenant, and I, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if the Covenant has reformed under Cortana. So they, they, oh, yeah. the AI well, are the new yeah, prophets, sure. effectively. Um, yeah. But I, I, I just, I don't think there's a a bigger game that I'm more looking forward to playing. Um, it's always going to be Halo for me, and that's pretty much why I I will game on Xbox. But it's going to be it's going to be such an a neat experience this time. Despite a new console, mm. I can also play 32 by nine on my PC. I can play with anyone on my friends list. It doesn't matter mm. where they're gaming, um, you know. And obviously terrified about my Forge addiction all over again. Although the one downside mm. to that, and and this ties back into uh, the whole holding the gen back is Halo 5's Forge at the moment 
it gives you 1600 objects budget that you can use but predominantly if you go above 1400 performance just tanks so if you ever want to get a map in matchmaking or or whatever the case may be it has to perform flawlessly 343 aren't going to stick in matchmaking a juddery mess so your creativity is hamstrung a little bit by mm. the performance of the box and and then, then the performance of the box differs between an og xbox one and an xbox one x so mm. i might design something and think it works flawlessly but it will do on my x but it won't do on you know little jimmy's xbox one from 2013 mm. and if they're infinite's coming out with the same mode and all that sort of thing i wonder how they're going to tackle that because there is a huge forge community out there that loves making levels and pushing boundaries I can only hope that their engine yeah is as truly scalable as they're obviously planning it to be. That's we will assumption. see. We will see whether they'll have dedicated servers, you know, for running I'm, Yeah, I've got a feeling that much of this 5 years has been building slip space. Mm. I've just got a feeling that a good who knows, maybe even 2 to 3 years has been just building slip space to make sure it can handle what it needs to handle. But yeah, I don't envy I don't envy the three four three team because Halo as a as a game as a you know and Gears Five had a similar you know a breadth of content right and whereas a lot of games now particularly single player games can release with just a campaign boom I'm done thanks for your sixty quid mm. thanks for the game of the year award right but mm. uh, Halo in particular more so than Gears has a little community that loves doing a particular thing and has been doing mm. that particular thing since CE. So first you have Machinima. Right, well, that's got to be supported. We've got to put in animations for Machinima. We've got to put in chroma screens for Forge. Oh, then you've mm. got the race. Okay, we need to put in race elements. And then we've got the level. Uh, it just, it just, and theatre and screenshots. They've got to build all mm. of that. And they've got to have every element of content out day one at launch. If they do what they did with Halo 5 again, which in my opinion killed it for a lot of my friends is they launched with the bare mm. bones three game modes no yep. forge no split screen no split screen it, it it was a shame um because after the forge update certainly within six months the game was way cooler than it it was at launch but mm. uh, by that time people had moved on and didn't want to go back and it's mm. a shame but yes i agree with halo ce being number one i do find it interesting that halo 2 is not on your list so let, let's talk about yeah. that because yeah, I would um, argue, I've... from a narrative perspective, if we're talking campaigns, of all the campaigns from a story perspective, Halo 2's campaign, purely from Probably. a narrative, is the best of the bunch. I agree that the level design, I think, in Halo 2 sucked. Uh, I think a lot of it I, was... I don't think it's just the level design. It like, feel very good to Because remember, I've, I, I mean, anyone who knows me knows, I don't care about story in games. Halo 2 probably did have the best story. But, God, that... You know, I played it. I've been playing it again in Master Chief Collection on Legendary. God, that's painful. Yeah, and that is man, painful. On I just, I'm like, I was playing through it, and I'm just like, I remember this game being so much better back in 2004. And I wasn't a kid in 2004. I was 24 years old in 2004. Yeah. And I just, I remember Halo 2 being so much better. And God damn, that campaign is terrible. Like. Those levels just aren't fun to play on. Um, it's just... And again, maybe the fact that I'm playing on Legendary hurts too. Yeah, Halo 2 on Legendary um, is horrific. 
like literally it's horrific. Stupid. Like it's stupid. Like, it, and that's the and that's the thing. I've always believed that the hardest difficulty of a game is where any flaws get exposed. Yeah, jackal snipers. Anyone? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was, that was where, like, you know, Call of Duty. If you play Call of Duty on easy, man, those games are fun. Those campaigns. Yeah, they are so much fun. But what playing on veteran does is expose. Grenade, 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 grenade. Oh, behind oh, that's cover. That's world at war. That's that's world at war. That was but, horrific. Like, yeah, that was terrible. But like, even you know, the incredible COD for Black Ops. When you play those games on veteran, it exposes how flawed the infinite spawning enemy quick get to this. You know. First yard line to trigger the next part. Like, it really exposes how poorly designed that is. Yeah. Because you've got to remember, you poke your head out, you're dead. Yeah. So it just, it becomes this ridiculous grind. It's a battle of attrition I still at think. that point. And the shitty design of, like, having it so that, again, you are you are the aiming god, apparently, because everyone else on your fucking side can't even shoot a, the broadside yeah, of a I barn. Know. That's right, yeah. And that's part of what makes Halo CE as well such an incredible... Like, on Legendary, Halo CE isn't a cheap bastard. Like, it's 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 well-designed enough where you, you you can figure out a way to get through it. It never fe- You never feel helpless yeah. in CE on Legendary. Yep. Uh, where in Halo 2, the number of times I just... I hit this point... And I'm just like, start, save and quit, piss off. And yeah. I will not go back for like a month or more. Like, it's just, I don't know. Again, the story is good, but it's just not enjoyable to play through. Like, and again, I, you know, I played through it and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. Like, none of it stuck. Yeah. Like, nothing, you know, when I play CE, I remember the levels. I remember the moments. When I play 3, I remember the levels. I remember the moments. In Halo 2, I remembered none of it. I think the only part I remembered was that uh, that level where you got to cut the big, massive pylon wire things and then it yeah. all just drops. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's like the only moment from Halo 2 I remember in that entire game. And it is a long game, man. I think it's the longest Halo campaign. Which is hilarious because it was also cut short. So I remember launch day playing it and getting to the yeah. end, finish this, finishing this fight, and then... I was like, "What?" And it's funny. I got a I got a friend of mine who um, who absolutely loved CE, like absolutely loved it. And then Halo Two came out, and to this day, he has remained the most bitter person about Halo Two. Like as soon as it's mentioned, he spits on the floor. He really yeah. like. And I remember at the launch, you know, remember Halo Two sucks dot com and all this sort of thing. Mm. But then if you look at it from a multiplayer perspective. There is an enormous amount of people that are absolutely diehard Halo 2 multiplayer oh, fans. Whereas for me, I but thought I Halo like 2 either. multiplayer was serviceable. But there were so yeah, many I moments like in it. it. I thought the BR was overpowered. I thought that the Stupid. movement was broken, crappy. I, I the just levels were great, though. The yeah, levels the level design in Halo great. 2 multiplayer are a standout. Yeah. Like they are legitimately great. And this is, this is my point that harkens back to when you have these Spartan abilities and things like Sprint and stuff like that, and Clamber, right? It's the difference between a good player 
being able to always be shooting and know that if they jump backwards, there's a ledge here. And if they click in and crouch, they can make that jump without even thinking about it, as opposed to levels being designed to be clambered on and everyone can climb up mm. X, Y, and Z. It, it changes the, the player's engagement with each other. And I think it does it to the detriment of what Halo, in my opinion, feels like it should play like. Mm. Um, and I think that's why Halo 3 for me not only from a nostalgia perspective, you know, I, it was the game I played the most um, in the 360 era, and and it was where I discovered my passion for making levels myself. Um, mm. But Halo 2, I just never, I just never really gelled with it as much as others mm. did. Um, so from a narrative perspective, I thought the story and the campaign and the acting was fantastic, but just everything else was a bit sucky. Yeah, the story was good. I mean, it should. I mean, I'm nothing if not consistent, so it shouldn't come as a surprise that the two Halo games that made the chop were the two that had the character swapping as well. Halo Five did it. Halo Two did it. Um, yeah, I just yeah those two games. I hate the campaigns in both of them. I don't just like dislike them. I hate them both. Who yeah. the hell thought? having that warden fight like 87 times was a good idea. Like who at 343 uh, legitimately thought this is a great idea? And to top it all off, let's have the final battle be that three times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. Do you know what? I did Thank that God battle for on that, Legendary. Thank God for that skipping trick. Thank God for that skipping trick. I was trick. literally about to say, I did that battle on Legendary. Oh, it took me man. ages. Like, I remember I, and then I, I spent I, about... I was going to say, I spent like half an hour trying to do that fight and I jumped on YouTube and I'm like, there's got to be a trick to this. There's got to be a way to like beat these guys. And all of a sudden, the first result I see in YouTube is how to skip this fight. And I'm like, watch this video, man. Give me this video. Unfortunately for me, I had the other other end of the scale where it was, uh, I did it and I was like, yes. And then I logged on to, I think, NeoGAF at the time. And yeah. uh, one of the links in there was to that video, and I just watched it, and I was just like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> Hour oh, and a half man. of my when life. I, when I saw that back. video, I was like, "Yes!" I just jumped over those three bastards and just skipped it all, man. It was so good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I infinite. I have no idea what's coming from the campaign, and obviously that's going to be a closely guarded secret right up until. Until mm, launch, it comes out. Um, mm. But I mean, they've always stated that all Halo multiplayer since the MCC debacle um, would have a, a flighting, and I know that they said that they would look to do that ASAP. I don't think anyone has heard anything yet. Um, and it's, you know, there's a lot of people going, "Are we going to get one? Is it going to just be like a bog standard? We're not changing anything?" Because obviously, Halo Five, the beta, was so early on in dev that it was only running mm. at 720p. Um, but it allowed people to get a feel and actually feedback and change some of the elements mm. of the game, and I don't think we're go- I don't think we're going to get that opportunity on this occasion. It's not looking like it. It's not looking it's like not it. Looking but then like I would also argue that Halo, like you've said, Halo 5's multiplayer was mostly universally well received, and if they're making mm. minor changes and cleanups, i.e., you know, doing things that I would suggest doing, which is removing Spartan Strike and Ground Pound for one, and then keeping the rest, mm-hmm. then maybe they know what they're doing and, and maybe their focus is on content rather than... Because um, I think that the problem that 343 has is they have to walk that fine line between listening and also just knowing what the fuck they're doing in terms of what game they mm. want to make. Because at the end of the day, 
you know, Halo is always going to be, oh, the old Halo was better. You, I guarantee you, fast forward a year from today, and you'll have threads about how Halo 5 was one of the best multiplayer games of the generation, yep. and how Halo mm. Infinite sucks, and it, it's it's a cycle that goes on forever and ever and ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at some kind point... Kind of like the Sonic cycle. Yeah. At some Almost. point, you just have to go, the games are what they are. The old games aren't going anywhere now, thankfully. Um, they've been updated mm. to keep up with modern times, and let's just enjoy them for what they are. So we'll mm. see. But no, it was a, an interesting uh, interesting take on campaigns. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with it. Um, but yeah. Most Good. people would have Halo 2 in there instead of Halo 4. I get that. I think so. I, I don't but I have a severe reaction to Halo 2's campaign. Especially now that I'm playing through it on Legendary, it just makes me hate it so much more. Like an allergic reaction. Oh, oh man. man, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Well, that was a that was a good top five. Um, so I think yeah. that that brings uh, episode fourteen to a resolution. Close. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're all done. Um, uh, quick quick note is um, we've seen a, a lovely uptick in our YouTube subscribers which is really nice of everyone that's, that's and twitter that's followers and too. twitter followers um we will do another 12 month uh, game pass giveaway competition um when we hit 500 subscribers on youtube so we're just shy of 200 off um so you know as soon as we get to that point we'll do it we'll do another giveaway giveaway to celebrate um all of you lovely yep. people clicking that bell and and liking and subscribing and all of that jazz um, and we'll be back in two weeks' time with episode mm. 15. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ciao for now. Cool. Catch you later, Happy boys Happy New and girls. Year, everyone. Yeah. See you later, everyone. <laughs>